And uh, welcome to a new edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. I am Goshen News Sports Editor Austin Huff, and with me today in the studio, uh, we jokingly call it, we're going to complete the Goshen College trifecta here of uh, figureheads in the winter. We had Tony Miller on a couple weeks ago, Stephanie Miller last week, and today's guest with me, Goshen College men's basketball coach John Trove. John, how are you doing today? I'm good. Excited to be here. Yeah, man. It's awesome to have you on. Uh, you know, I've obviously uh, gotten to see you and know you last couple of years being here. And uh, it's very exciting having people on podcasts. It's very more casual than like having to talk to you after a game, you know, so. Yeah, no, the uh, I think every coach in the country has a podcast or two that they like <laughs> to listen to. It's kind of all the rage right now. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, John, for coming on. And uh, we'll, we're going to talk a little bit about your kind of career here in a minute, but I got we got to mention something at the top just because it was uh, kind of breaking news in the sports world uh, right before we came on. The uh, Cubs uh, executive vice president, Theo Epstein, announced he was resigning from his role with the Cubs uh, after nine seasons. And Jed Hoyer, the GM, will be promoted to the new role. Uh, as a Chicago Cubs fan uh, who grew up uh, you know, with the 2010s teams now, uh, winning the World Series in 2016, obviously, just uh, it's weird. It's a weird feeling for me personally, um, just because, you know, he did so many great things. But the last couple of years, like you've seen him struggle a little bit, um, but nothing but great fond memories, I think, uh, when I look back at Theo Epstein. And I know, John, you are a Cleveland Indians fan, <laughs> according to your uh, Goshen College bio. Um, yep. I'm sorry that I had to bring up 2016 again. I know you were uh, up 3-1 in the World Series and, uh, you know, didn't didn't pull it out there for your Cleveland Indians. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm sure you could respect what the Cubs built and how, how important that moment was for Cubs fans, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to shed any tears over Theo Epstein leaving the, the Cubs. Um, I, I do understand that pretty much everybody here is a Cubs fan, which for reasons that I still probably will never understand, uh, you know, the Sox are closer, but, um, technically, yeah, yeah. by like five miles. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, t- 2016, that was, uh, that was a heartbreaking, heartbreaking finish. The, the crazy thing is for, uh, for being a Cleveland sports fan, uh, you know, everybody always asks me, why are you a Cleveland sports fan? It's <laughs> a great um, question. <laughs> Because, I mean, I was born in Texas, right? But my dad is a native of that area. Mm. And Cleveland fans, it's not like nobody really chooses to be a Cleveland fan. <laughs> it just kind of runs in the blood. Right. So, like, right. if you're born in Cleveland, you're a Cleveland fan. And then it just kind of passes on through mm-hmm. your lineage, right? So, right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's, you know, un- unfortunately... Uh, you know, the Indians have been the most successful Cleveland franchise of the three, um, consistently at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Braun got us a title uh, right. in, in 2016 as well. Right. It, it was crazy. ESPN <laughs> makes that documentary Believe Land and you're like, oh my God, it talks about the curse, you know, and, and 97. Uh-huh. And like, I, I'm, I'm still not over the 97 World Series, much <laughs> less the 2016 World Series. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, LeBron brings us a title and then right at like about a month after believe land Vermeer, they won the title and then the Indians go up three, one and you're like, Oh my gosh, they're going to win two. They're going to win two in the same year. And then, uh, yeah, I can still remember 
you know, where I was. I remember when Raja Rajay Davis hit oh, that home triggered. run in I'm the <laughs> in the bottom of the ninth, and eighth, I mean, eighth, eighth. or bot, sorry, yeah, bottom of the eighth gonna, against a Roldis Chapman. Yeah. He's choking up on the bat. Uh, this was supposed to be a good moment for me, by the way. I just want to go on the record and say that. Now you're bringing up Rajay Davis, and I'm triggered yeah, all over again, yeah, man. So, but uh, uh, but yeah, no, I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not gonna shed any tears over Theo Epstein leaving the Cubs. I'm not. It does seem like odd timing, but maybe they're headed towards a rebuild. Yeah, probably. You know, guys that hate to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes they leave before those rebuilds begin. Right. So yeah, just kind of a big, obviously a big news in baseball, just in general, because CEO is you know, probably the most successful front office person of the last 20 years or so, right? Broke the Red Sox curse, broke the Cubs curse. You know, maybe he goes to the Indians next and breaks their curse. You never know. Uh, would you Would you welcome Theo Epstein after he, what he did to you in 16? I mean, yeah, so I, my, <laughs> my, 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 my gut would tell me, yeah, I would love to have Theo Epstein. I think uh, the way the Indians operate, though, you know, low-budget mm-hmm. team, mm-hmm. Um, you know, my guess is Theo Epstein's going to price himself out. He'll probably... <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if maybe he goes to the Mets or yeah, something like that with new ownership uh-huh. or the Marlins maybe or something like yeah. that. Um, you know, the Marlins have a lot of young talent, mm-hmm. you know, surprising run in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. that, uh, that could yeah, be don't something. Remind me, don't remind me of that, please. <laughs> uh, well, you're obviously a basketball guy because you're a basketball coach and you mentioned the Cavs, obviously. So I'm assuming you were a big Cavaliers fan uh, growing up as well. Um, so, so so it's weird. Um I grew up and the Cavs were so bad. Yes. Um, this was when they had the they still had those blue and black jerseys. Uh, <laughs> we had Sean Kemp at like the end of his prime. Concord, um, yeah, Concord, yeah, Concord, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew, every, I knew. Every you guys time would know Kemp that. gets brought up, you gotta mention it. <laughs> yeah. So, so believe it or not, uh, I grew up watching Michael Jordan. So, like, right. I was a Jordan slash Bulls fan. Right. Uh, didn't really think much of it. Then Jordan retired. Um, you know, and I, the Cavs were still bad, so I didn't really have an <laughs> NBA team. Um, I guess I would say, but you know, um, I would say like of the three Cleveland sports, I'm the, I'm the least a Cavs fan. Um, wow. that being said, mm-hmm. that being said, um, I'm still a Cleveland fan, so when LeBron got us a title, that was a that was a big deal. But mm-hmm. so I like kind of like started getting getting back into the Cavs, and then LeBron left, and I still haven't really forgiven him for leaving, <laughs> right? Because probably could have had three or four titles by now, <laughs> right? But, right. Uh, but no, I I, I kind of got over that. But you know, I lived, I when I was a GA at Oakland, I I got to work with you know I did a lot of work uh, with some of the Pistons players and things of that. So I have mm-hmm. a fond a fun relationship with the Pistons. Um, you know, I, I got, uh, a buddy of mine when I, or not a buddy, a family friend got me a a Grant Hill, uh, signed, Mm -hmm. uh, card when I was younger. So I kind of, you know, I was a basketball junkie as a kid. So I watched like Jordan and then I just like watched NBA games. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't really have a team. I was just like watching games. Um, I kind of watched the Pistons. I liked, I liked the way the Pistons played when they had, uh, Chauncey Billups and Rip Hamilton and Rasheed Wallace. One of the, and most, te- one of the yeah. most forgotten championship, championship teams. teams. They yeah. were really good, man. That yeah. team was really good. Unbelievable defensively. Right, uh, right. Ben Wallace, you know, yeah. man in the center. With the fro, uh, with the fro man. Yeah, yeah. And he came to the Bulls and, like, just forgot how to play basketball. But anyway. Um. Yeah, yeah, no, it was uh, – so, so, yeah, I mean, 
I want the Cavs to be successful because right. Cleve- Cleveland runs in the blood, as we were talking about. But right. uh, but I'm I would say I'm most first and foremost like if I had to rank them, mm-hmm. uh, Indians first, and I think part of that too is when you're a basketball coach. The summer, there's a little bit more time to yeah. like go to sporting events. Right. So I'll go to be able to go to an Indians game or two right. over the summer. Right. Uh, whereas during the fall and winter, our season's happening. So right. I haven't been to a Browns game in, since I was, you know, maybe in high school. Right. I haven't been to a Cavs game since I was probably in middle school. So, right. um, you know, it'd probably go Indians, then Browns, then mm-hmm. Cavs. Yeah. So. so- you mentioned you were a basketball junkie kind of growing up. What what drew you to the sport? I mean, uh, you know, obviously, like you mentioned, you weren't like a huge Cavs fan, but you were growing up in, you were in Ohio. You were growing up in Ohio. Or you were born in Wichita Falls, Texas. Yep. Did, when did you move to Ohio? Did, yeah, I was young. I was like four. Okay. So, so, yeah. so you grew up in Ohio. Obviously, the, you didn't have the Cavs to really care about, but you mentioned Jordan. I guess, what drew you to the sport of basketball early in your life and what made you want to do this for a living, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, I, it's 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 hard to say, um, you know, sometimes when, I mean, watching Jordan growing up was was certainly influential. Mm-hmm. Um, I got into golf watching Tiger Woods, right? So like, individuals certainly impacted sort of my love. But like a lot of people don't know this, my first word growing up was ball. It wasn't mom. It wasn't dad. It was ball. So like I was, I ball, was destined. Ball, ball's life. Yeah. Ball's ball's life. life. So I was destined to do something. Uh, and, um, but yeah, it, it's hard to like, sometimes like when you love something, it's hard to describe why you love it so much. Yeah. Um, what made me want to get into coaching was experiences with a coach. Um, He's been he's been around our program in previous years. He's not this year, just kind of due to the pandemic and everything. But um, you know, Coach Daniels, um, Mike Daniels, he was my he was my high school coach. Um, I was not super gifted as a player. Mm-hmm. I was on a really good high school team. We went to back to back Elite Eight appearances. Um, but I was a role guy, glue guy, energy mm-hmm. guy. Right. Um, wasn't much of a player, but you know, like he kind of explained to me the value of a role on a team. Um, you know, he told me he was going to make a basketball player out of me, even though <laughs> I just kind of, I just loved the game. I loved being around it. Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe I could be better served as like being a student manager or right. leading the student section. But he was like, no, like there's a, there's a role for you. You can find a niche. Mm-hmm. Um, you can still be valuable to this team, even though it might not mean you're scoring 30 points a game or whatever. So, right. um, so that, you know, he, he was my inspiration to get into coaching. And then I've just had a lot of like good mentors along the way. Uh, you know, Terry Weimer, he's a big part of my journey. Uh, he's, he's officiated some NCAA final fours and things, and he's a family friend and I coached his son. And mm-hmm. so, um, there's been people along the way that have helped me, but, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, like why I love basketball more than other <laughs> sports is hard to say because like I get really excited talking about any sport. Right. So, I mean, I'm kind of a junkie in a lot of areas, <laughs> but I grew up watching basketball the most. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you, you went to high school in Ohio, Finley, Ohio is yeah. where, you're, where you grew up. And then you went to Eastern Michigan, uh, and was a manager there for mm-hmm. all four years Yep. at bas- for the basketball team. And then, you know, you probably had a chance, like, did you know, like going into college, like you wanted to become a coach? Like eventually, yeah. So I mean, that was that was one thing where like particularly Terry was very helpful. You know, like he's a Division One official, and I was like, hey, like 
I want to get into college coaching. Mm-hmm. Like that seems like that seems like more exciting than the high school level. You get a recruit, you, right. you know, um, you pick your players, pick your players right. and things of like that. And so he was like, he's like, you know, you want to get involved, um, at as big of a program as you can. And, you know, just kind of, he goes, it's always easier to drop down levels. It's really hard to move up. <laughs> so, you know, start as the highest you can. So I reached out to, um, I reached out to some, some, some colleges, Bowling Green, University of Michigan, um, Ohio University. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked in this league too, um, for opportunities and there were some opportunities at smaller schools. Mm-hmm. Um, was this coming out of high school? Coming out of high okay. school. And, uh, but, but Eastern had an opportunity. Um, and so I went there and, mm-hmm. you know, it was a mixed bag in terms of like, um, mixed bag in terms of like, what we accomplished there, but my last year at Eastern, you know, we won our first, uh, uh, Mac regular season championship that they were split into divisions. So it was yeah. really a divisional championship, mm-hmm. but, but first, first one in school history. And mm-hmm. so, uh, got to be a part of that. And, and that was really exciting. And then you went to Oakland university in Detroit, yeah. uh, Detroit area for two years as a GA. Uh, how much that experience kind of prep you for what ended up becoming your I believe you went to Goshen College right after yeah so like how did that how did that stop at uh, Oakland kind of help you yeah so being a GA was that was the one that sort of opened my eyes into really what the because you're you I mean I was a coach uh as a student manager student assistant you're way more behind the scenes Mm -hmm. as a GA you're still mostly behind the scenes but you know as in coaches meetings I you know was was you know, involved in things like that. Um, you know, it's more of an expectation that you're there like all day, every day, uh, which is not a bad thing. That's what I learned. Like, um, I mean, there were days like, you know, the video coordinator and I, like, you know, we were there till two, three in the morning. Sometimes (laughs) we stayed, you know, we slept, Mm -hmm. um, in, in the office. Uh, you know, I figured out how to do I figured out how to get a master's in there uh, somehow. <laughs> uh, professors were great with working with me, but um, but yeah, I mean, it it really like Oakland was a basketball school first yeah. and foremost. Eastern Michigan wanted to be a football school. Mm-hmm. They weren't very good at it, but that's where the resources <laughs> went was to football. Right. right. Um, Oakland didn't have football, so basketball was king. It was really cool mm-hmm. to work at a basketball uh, first school. Uh, Campy was awesome. The coach there, he's mm-hmm. been there, um, I think 40 years now wow. or close to 40 years at Oakland. He's taken them from division two to division one. We mm-hmm. were in the summit league, my first year horizon league, the second year. So mm-hmm. experienced two different leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, got, got to really, uh, that's what inspired me to want to, once I left Oakland, I was like, you know, I had some opportunities to say, stay in support staff roles. Mm-hmm. But the things I liked most at Oakland were the relationships with the players, mm-hmm. um, individual workouts, things in that nature, um, you know, uh, getting to talk to them and, and develop that. So I was like, you know, I really want to get in coaching. Yeah. Um, I wasn't chasing money. I wasn't chasing fame. <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to coach. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like going from Division One to NAI seems like a, a massive drop, but mm-hmm. – um, I didn't view it that way. Now I got, I'm now was going to be an assistant coach. I was going to have an opportunity to recruit. I was going to Mm -hmm. have an opportunity to develop relationships. Right. That, that, that's what I was passionate about. That's a great experience, obviously like being involved in, especially like you said, it's easier to go down 
then, you know, start down and go up. So, you know, and you probably knew going coming out of college, like this was going to be what you would have to do. Like most coaches work their way up. You know, it's not usually just gifted it to them. You know, right. you got you to earn your stripes for lack of a better term, right? Mm-hmm. So how did the opportunity come up at Goshen? How did you get here? Yeah, weird one. Um, there's a there's a website in coaching called Hoopter that yeah. is uh, basically Adam Nelson's the guy who runs it, former college coach. He somehow knows everything. He knows every job that's open. Uh, but um, I saw that job listing there. I re- I reached out. Originally, didn't get a call back. I then, but I knew the commissioner of the Crossroads League through Terry Weimer. So Terry called the commissioner, um, and the commissioner called Neil and was like, "Hey, like, just look at this guy's resume." So um, I sent my sent my resume in, and then that's when. I got the interview with Neil and it was three or four guys and mm-hmm. you know, the got that's how I got that job. So it was really through Hoopter. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know if you need advertising money, but maybe <laughs> if I say Hoopter enough, they'll throw you a bone or hey, something. Hey, maybe. <laughs> we, we got enough Goshen College people on here. We're hoping they make a donation to something, you know, yeah. something like that at this rate. Uh, maybe like a, like a free semester worth of school. I don't oh, know. There, there you uh, go. So you were an assist. You came. Your first season was the 2014-15 season. Yeah. Uh, and you were an assistant for three years, and then right before the your 2017-18 season began, Neil took a job. Neil Young, the former coach, not yep. related to this singer, of course. Um, Neil spelled Young, different. Right. It's spelled different. I'm. I had to say it because people are gonna be like, oh, <laughs> like people know it's not the actual like the singer Neil Young, but you know what I meant. Yeah. Um. But Neil Young takes a job, uh, in Georgia, um. And you all of a sudden become the interim head coach. Uh, take me through kind of that process of when Neil was like, it's, from what I read, it sounded like it was pretty quick that Neil was out. And just kind of take me through that whole experience from your perspective, that two or three week stretch. It, it's wild. Um, I mean, I, I would say it was like a God thing. Um, it's crazy. I had had an opportunity to take a full-time assistant coaching job out in Kansas that year, um, making like twice what I was making at Goshen. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I just felt like it wasn't the right timing and I shouldn't go. And the, the that job out there, he said, you'll be the assistant for one year and then you'll be the head coach. And I was like, oh, I'm probably not ready to be a head coach. So, Because <laughs> um, you're 26. Yeah, I was 26 20, years 27, old. 26, 27, 27 years old, right. yeah. And... Uh, I'm at my cousin's wedding and Neil (laughs) calls me and says, Hey, um, just a heads up. Like you might want to be prepared to become the head coach of Goshen. I said, what are you talking about? He's like, well, I just got called. I'm like one of two candidates down at the school down in Georgia that I'd never heard of. Covenant. Yeah. Covenant college. And, uh, he's like, he goes, I, I think I got a pretty good shot at getting it. He's like, I'm flying down there to interview tomorrow. I was like, and in my mind, I'm like, if he's flying down there, like he's not joking. Like this right. is, they don't fly people down right. to, at division just, three schools right. <laughs> right. and they're not seriously interested. Right. So I was like, holy cow. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's, it, it really is just wild. I did not expect to become the head coach um, shortly after. I think by the time he flew down there, came back, he had an offer. And three days later, I think he had, he had told the team, our guys, what was crazy is it was, it was it was sucky timing for the players, right? But it may—I mean, it made sense for—I mean, like, 
Coach Young didn't really have an op- option, but the day that he told them was the day they came back. Um, <laughs> that's that's how close it was to the semester. Like, yeah. Um, so it was kind of crazy. Like we and I was like, man, you could see this whole team leave. You know, mm-hmm. like they school hasn't started. They got a week. Maybe they can figure out and leave. And um, it was I was very humbled that they all decided to stay. Um, mm-hmm. I would say they are the reason I got the job because they originally named me interim right. and said, we're going to open it up. And then they went to, um, you know, they kind of went to the AD and he was like, wow. I mean, he's got widespread support. He's like, we'll make him interim for the year. And our guys were, were happy about that. And so, you know, I, I owe a lot to that group. Yeah. So you become the interim head coach, 26 and a half years old. We'll just call 26 and a half. We, we, we've been really bad at figuring out the math. Today. Yeah. yeah <laughs> a lot yeah. of things. <laughs> uh, you said you didn't feel ready. Uh, what do you remember from your first game as the head coach? Um, you know, I remember it. I remember uh, we won. I remember being frustrated with how we played. Um, <laughs> Every coach is, like, but you could win a hundred to ten. Ah, yeah. we didn't. We didn't rebound well or whatever. Yeah, you know? but <laughs> but uh, it, it was exciting. Um. It was exciting to 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 get to do it. Um, yeah, you're just until and and you know Neil had I had coached one or two games uh, it, when Neil was uh, one year he had the flu I think and we played Indiana Wesley and I coached that game um, that might have been the only one so mm-hmm. um, but yeah it. The moment didn't really hit me, you know, right. like it, it it didn't really hit me until probably midway through the season. I was like, oh, like this is <laughs> like this is this is our this is our team. Like this right. is this is this is real. I'm not, this is real. I'm the head coach. Like we're going to have to figure this out. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the greatest part about being an assistant is you can throw out as many ideas as you want. <laughs> and the head coach can just be like, oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> now, if I threw out ideas, I had to make the decision. <laughs> Uh, which makes it a little bit more difficult, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it was kind of a blur there for the first such a short period of time. So it was kind of a blur, and then kind of settled into it. So. Right, and I'm sure the interim tag, maybe you know you know you're just thinking like, well, I'm the interim coach, like I'm not going to be that. Like not that you think you won't become the head coach, but I'm, there's a there's a, a element of like, well, I'm the interim, I'm not the full time. So like when they actually announced you as the full time coach, there's a sense of reassurance of like, okay, like now this is my program, like officially. This is my program. Yeah, I didn't feel like I had to be on a job interview. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I felt like every day uh, as the interim head coach, I was on a job interview. Um, you sort of got some stability after that. Um, you know, in terms of you know they they felt like the things that I had done were 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 worthy of being the head coach. So, um, yeah, there the interim thing was was really unique. Uh, there was an element of like kind of coaching to not get that removed or Mm -hmm. sorry to get that removed as opposed to maybe coaching exactly how I wanted to do things Mm -hmm. um so there there was some of that um you know I I would say you know I'm a man of faith so I I, a lot of time just kind of when I felt uncertain or anxious I you know would would turn to prayer or Mm -hmm. things of that nature and um you know make sure that that I didn't that I, 
I, you, it's easy to say to players, but you got to believe it yourself. You got to control what you can control. And there was a lot of things outside of my control. There mm-hmm. still are, right. but uh, at right. that time it was a few more, you know, so mm-hmm. it's kind of <laughs> focusing through that. And now you, now you get to worry about a pandemic. Um, yeah. so have fun with that. Yeah. Uh, kind of shifts. That's kind of my, um, and I didn't mean to make that a transition, but we're going to make it a transition to this season. Um, so obviously this year has been pretty crazy since mid-March um, yeah. in general for a lot of people. And I asked Stephanie this when we had her on last week, just kind of about like the recruiting aspect of your job. I mean, obviously it's key. You got to bring in players. Um, what's maybe the biggest challenge you faced with recruiting this year, given you can't really do anything in person, you know, since, you know, mid-March? Yeah, it's been really difficult. I would say it was more difficult in the summer. Um, it's been a little like Goshen is allowing us to have uh, on campus visits. They look way different, mm-hmm. but at least we can have them on campus uh, and they can see things and we can have a little bit of FaceTime with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's been a little bit better since we started school back up. Um, over the summer was really interesting. Couldn't have them on campus. Uh, you know, meeting with them through Zoom, sending them video clips of the facility, uh, trying to, you know, like, and, and, you know, part of, part of the thing with, with us is, you know, we haven't won at a high clip, um, you know, since I've been the head coach. And so it's, it's tougher to sell, you know, like the experience that you can have and the experience that we bring when you're not around, when you don't really have an opportunity to, uh, see the campus, meet the players. Cause I, I, I say this a lot. Like the best thing about our program is our, is our players, like is our guys, like they're, they're really good dudes. They, <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're fun to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you can't sell the best part of your program, it's really tough to get kids to come. So, mm-hmm. um, so it was, it was really challenging over the summer. You know, we've, since fall started, we, we've, we've gotten an early commit. We got a kid that's coming in for fall 2021 that we really like, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and it did help too over the summer. Um, you know, the, with, with how like budgets were being cut, you know, mm-hmm. we weren't allowed to go recruit. Did, mm-hmm. I didn't have a staff, uh, wasn't <laughs> allowed to hire a staff until, you know, almost August. So, you know, kind of doing things by yourself didn't help either. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, it's not normal right now, certainly right. not. But <laughs> it is it is better now uh, because we can have we can have kids on campus and our staff. You know, really, it's a testament to our staff of being organized mm-hmm. with that. So yeah, you mentioned though you got you guys have struggled a little bit the last couple of years. Uh, this season so far, you're two and three, uh, and we're in four of the five games. You had a chance to win a couple of those games. Could easily probably be four and one. Uh, what would you say right now, like? How would you assess your team, I guess, these first couple weeks of the season so far? Yeah, so I would say this. um, After IU Kokomo, uh, there was a lot of reason to be disheartened um, with that effort, disheartened with that performance. Uh, The players called a player-only meeting. Um, You know, I don't know what was said in that meeting, but they came ready. And we went down to Ohio this past weekend and, you know, went one and one. Um, I would say the second game, the game we lost was probably our most encouraging performance of the year um, and had a chance to win that game late, um, mm-hmm. you know, but it was just, it was so, we played so well. Um, we did a lot of things the right way. Um, 
it it feels like a diff like even yesterday in practice like we had a great practice like it feels different the mm-hmm. guys are starting to see maybe belief in themselves belief in the coaches and mm-hmm. and all that stuff so yeah I mean uh, I think the difference between us being four and one and being two and three is we're one and two um, in close games eh, actually you could say two and two mm-hmm. uh, east west they give them credit you know I mean we got down to our last jersey in that game and <laughs> had a uh, guys get injured foul out we didn't have Brannigan uh, so we found a way to win that one yeah um, Co- COVID. COVID yeah Lawrence Tech is a game we probably mm-hmm. you know we feel like we probably should have won I was there you were in it the whole way yeah. it was their last five minutes you know to be taken you know? yeah so. you know a game that probably felt like we should have won and we didn't Ohio Christian was one we got down uh, we were down 10 with seven minutes to play and then held him without a field goal for the last seven minutes and beat him. Mm-hmm. And then against Rio, we got down 10 with five minutes left, cut it to two, had a three to take the lead with two minutes and 30 seconds left. Mm-hmm. Um, in a true road game against a team that I felt is pretty good, uh, it felt like a league game in terms of the atmosphere. They had a, a, I mean, just sort of how this pandemic season works. They had a kid that didn't even play in the first game who started for him and was their best player. We knew nothing about him, right? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, didn't naturally. play for him last year, new kid, right. comes up and scores like 25, like, right. really good. Naturally, <laughs> right, of course, right. So, Pulled him out of nowhere. Yeah, right. comes out of nowhere, but uh, yeah, it was it was an encouraging performance. Um, so I, I think I think this group, um, I'm excited to see how they how they continue to, mm. to build and if, if we can continue if we can consistently stay in games, yeah. um, like we've said in those last five minutes, if you're giving yourself a chance to win in the last five minutes, then it just comes down to executing winning habits. And we've shown that we can do that. Ohio Christian showed us that we're capable of going on long stretches of winning habits and finishing off a game. Yeah, and obviously um, you guys play in one of the toughest, if not the toughest conference in NAIA, the Crossroads League. With- yeah. Like, like there's 10 teams in the league and like eight of them are ranked consistently all the time. Like look at your schedule. It's like, oh, there's a number five next to that one, number 10, right? Like how important is it these early games here to build this confidence and be like, hey, like we're in these games. We could win these types of games. How important is that confidence going into the, the meat grinder that is the Crossroads League schedule? Yeah, I mean, it, it is important. Um, I'm glad that we've had close games here early in the season. Um, I'm glad that, We've lost some because I think you can learn more from the losses than you can from the wins. Mm-hmm. I'm glad though that we've won some too, so that gives us uh, some confidence in that regard. Uh, yeah, there's there's no off nights in the league um, f- from a depth perspective. I mean, I coached, I was in the MAC, the Summit League, the Horizon League. I've never seen a league that's this good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like uh, there's if you have an off night, like. You know, particularly, you know, if you're if you're a team that you know doesn't maybe have the the horses that some of these other teams in the league do, um, you know, if you have an off night, you can get, I mean, you can get really really handed it to you in the crossroads league. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, I also would say, you know, we're capable. We've shown that we're capable of beating anybody in the league as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so right, it's. Uh, <laughs> it's it is it's it's a pretty unbelievable league um and usually that's that's something that that shows up just every year you look at mm-hmm. even the non-conference record of the crossroad league schools is just ridiculous so when when do you start preparing for Kyle Mangus 
Yeah, you know, like <laughs> um, I mean, we we always we take it one game at yeah, a time. I know. I'm just, uh, I'm yeah, just he's, joking. Like he's, that guy he's is a great. Yeah, he's, 50, he's a great 51 the other night or whatever. Yeah, like he's a Warsaw grad, right? He's playing at Iwu. I My God, he's just, he's like, he's going to break all the records. It's like insane. Like he's, yeah, he's no, he's, good. I wouldn't be shocked. Like, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to get drafted. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets like scouted by NBA teams though. Yeah. Uh, maybe Guy gets, who scores like that. I mean, you can't, you can't ignore that talent. Yeah, know, so. yeah. He'll, he'll definitely, he'll definitely make money playing the game if that's what he chooses to do. So. Right, so... Uh, John, it's been awesome to have you on. I really enjoyed our chat. Um, I always enjoy talking to you. Um, it's also it's always nice to talk to young people. You know, like you know, <laughs> not many of us around. You know, in the here, so it's always fun to talk to the young folk. And I'm sorry again to bring up 2016 um, Indians, but I I did mention it the 2016 Cavs for you. So yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So we I made sure to you know balance. Life's all about you know yin and yang. You know, yeah. And the, the Cavs were down three one, came back right. and won. The Indians were up three one and lost. So go right. figure. I know, right? <laughs> like in the same year too. Like that just worked out. Like how that was kind of crazy. So. Uh, but really enjoyed kind of talking about your career and uh, learning a little bit about how your journey to, to Goshen has been. Uh, thank you for coming on again. And uh, I think that's it for Goshen College people. I think we're out of maybe the AD. Maybe Erica can come on, but she's got, you know, a kid, newborn, and she's an AD and an athletic trainer. So yeah. <laughs> she's a little busy right now. So she is. She is. Uh, thanks again, John, for coming on. And uh, that'll wrap it up for this edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. We'll have a brand new episode for you next week.